our chance is coming. Soon, so very soon, my children, my loves. And when it does, we will grind our enemies to dust. And from their ashes, we will build a new world. A perfect world of metal and bone and blood. You have my word. All right, we're recording. So I'd like to welcome you to the first episode of our new podcast that we're calling Risk Management. The way we think of it is like a tabletop actual play style podcast, except we decided that instead of using a pre-existing RPG system filled with all kinds of mathy stuff and cruft we'd end up skipping over anyway for the sake of narrative, we're going to boil it all down to something pretty simple. Um, and that something pretty simple is a 1d10 and about four pages of rules. This system, to say that it's been designed for anything is kind of an overstatement because we put it together in 48 hours, but mostly this system is designed to encourage role play and also to get us into a lot of trouble. Additionally, what makes this podcast different than some other real play type things that you may have seen or heard or experienced before in the past is that instead of there being a single game master or dungeon master or GM or whatever, we're both going to kind of take a hand at it. You know, the way I like to think of it is that this is an improv game. So every scene that we do, we are going to trade places and when we do, that person will be in charge of, you know, running the scene, giving us some crises to deal with, driving some character interactions, doing silly voices with NPCs, etc., etc. So that's the top line of the game. Now let's do those introductions I didn't do. Jess, who Hi. are you? Who am I? I? I just really want to yell out 24601, but I won't. Uh, I am Jess. I do things like write about video games for a living. That is a thing I now do. I also voice uh, Kat from At The Midnight Podcast. Shameless self-promotion there. And yeah, I also occasionally write. I have a novella on Kindle, and that's called I Hate Halloween, if you're interested in horror novellas. I'm also terrible at introductions, so I think I'll just end it there. Over to you! <laughs> cool. I'm Steve, and I do a number of things. I I write a lot, a lot of writing. I write for At The Midnight, more shameless self-promotion. Um, I also write a bunch of short stories, which you can find on Amazon if you look, you know, search my name, Steve Spaulding. Beyond that, I love tabletop RPG stuff. I love improv kind of thingies. I love talking at microphones, and I love you guys, even though I don't know you yet. Um... <laughs> 
to do a little bit more before we actually jump into the game proper, mm. I am going to tell you a little bit about the setting we created. You keep saying we, but most of this was you. <laughs> I understand that. It's the Queen's we. <laughs> All right, continue. <laughs> you have the approval of the Brit. <laughs> so let's talk setting. Risk management takes place in the near future. Exactly when that is, is to be determined, but I would say that it is more than 20 years into the future, less than 200. The big thing you need to know is that androids exist, and these androids are mostly domestic helpers with non-humanoid robots acting in sort of like roles like manufacturing and things like that. So we have robots with faces, and they exist. Are they sentient? Sort of. But that's one of the big questions that the setting is seeking to answer right now. Um, these robots are able to have conversations with normal human beings, they're able to seem alive, but we really don't know at this point whether or not they are truly sentient. And there are people who are very interested in solving this problem because if they happen to be sentient, that makes it a little bit complicated that they're being sold to people. When Jess and I were talking about this, we, we basically were trying to come up with two big problems to mm. solve. And the, the one that was most interesting was this sort of like human sentience debate that is ongoing in this world. And so the, the real question that people are asking right now is whether or not androids think. And if they think, do they have souls? If they have souls, should we be selling them to other people? And I think that's going to be one of the through lines that we see get played out in this world. So yeah, it's the near future and we have androids. But we also have magic. <laughs> yeah, this world has magic. And I was thinking about whether or not to spring this on you in the actual episode. But I decided that it might be good for you to know ahead of time. Because I think it adds a little extra context to the setting. But this is definitely not a high fantasy kind of, or even science fantasy set setting in the sort of traditional sense. The magic that exists, everyone knows that it exists. Everyone has like seen magic before and everyone's kind of like, meh, because it takes too long. You know, do you really want to have to like cut your hand open and, you know, drip blood all over the furniture in order to be able to like microwave a meal? Or is it better to just use a microwave? This is the future. We have technology. Everything is very, very easy. And computers work a lot better than magic ever has. That being said, there are some things that magic can do that technology can't. And where that intersects with the android sentience debate is one of the major themes of the setting. Let's talk mechanics really quickly. Basically, we're going to be rolling 1d10s. And we're going to be rolling those against DCs, um, difficulty scores. What does DC stand for? <laughs> I was, I didn't, I didn't want to be the weird one that asked, but I did like control F and I couldn't see it actually defined. So I'm guessing it's something like, well, d difficulty content, difficulty curve, difficulty curve, right? Yeah, sure. Let's call it a difficulty curve. We're going to be rolling against DCs, and basically, if we hit the DC, we succeed. If we fall short of the DC, increasingly negative things will happen narratively to us. 
So it's not just a win-lose. It's kind of a win-lose-lose really, really badly. In the same vein, if we succeed a lot, then good things will happen to us. Increasingly positive things will happen to us. But the system is mostly designed to hurt us, so you'll notice that it is more difficult than usual for us to win. Alright, moving right along, let's talk about stats. There are only five statistics in this game that'll drive most of our roles, so let's discuss them a little. Strength is... Anything that involves using sort of physical power. So if you're trying to kick open a door or hit someone with a club or stop a building from collapsing on top of you, then you use strength. Social is talky things and maybe not talky things. Talk, it's not so much just knowing what words to use and what to say to the right person. It's also knowing when maybe words aren't necessary. Maybe just having the emotional intelligence to know, all right, I need to back off. Uh, just how, how you fare in social situations, I guess, to put it most succinctly. Perfect. Then there's knowledge. Anything that involves using specialized knowledge or recall. So whether or not it's um, remembering that physics textbook from high school or understanding how to use some kind of tech gizmo, etc., etc. That's what we would typically use knowledge for. Alright, so next up is Grace. And grace is kind of, it involves perception and dexterity. I'm just referencing the lovely documentation uh, that's been provided here. Grace is partially coordination, partially dexterity. If you're falling from a rooftop, for example, uh, grace might help you not to die on the way down. Grace can also be useful for not tripping over and landing on your face. And the final statistic is a cult. And a cult is anything that involves magic. One thing to keep in mind, even though we've mentioned magic a couple of times so far, is that while everyone knows what magic is, and every teenager has probably levitated their friend once in a while, it's not very common for your average person to use magic in this world. It's just too hard and too dangerous. Like, magic has this very strong tendency to rebound on you and do horrible things to you. And so anytime magic is used, it's ve- it's usually very, very simple spells, very, very well-known, well-trod ground. Occult basically is how well do you know how to use magic? How well do you know the risks of magic? How likely is it that you're going to accidentally hit yourself in the face with a fireball? <laughs> Beyond that, there are going to be modifiers. And these modifiers basically are situational and generally will fall between one and three, where one is sort of a pretty good modifier and three is some kind of piece of epic loot that you have that does some really fancy stuff. Overall, we're trying to keep the numbers small and easily manageable. Speaking of small and manageable numbers, this might be a trick question, but I think you know it. How much health do we have, Jess? Is it seven points? Tell me it's seven points. It is, in fact, seven points. Um, Yes! (laughs) This is something that we talked about a lot. We want to be killable. So we gave ourselves seven health. Things do between one and three points of damage, typically. So we're not going to be standing around getting shot at very often because that could lead to really, really bad situations. And if we die and don't get medical help, then we die. And we just have to roll with that. 
we're we're kind of improving through how you know most of this world works. <laughs> so maybe one of us comes up with some kind of like crazy magical scheme to like bring bring us back to life, but maybe not. Maybe we just have to bring in another agent. Moving right along, let's talk a little bit about where we're going to be spending most of our time, where much of the campaign is going to be held. As I mentioned, the major themes of this are android sentience, magic, and potentially how the two relate to one another. And we are going to be exploring those themes through the Messengers of the One Mind, which is more or less a cult. And it's a political activist group that has been trying to... How do I say this? They've been trying to get androids to have the exact same rights as human beings. If you've played Deus Ex, you kind of understand the drill here. These people totally believe androids are exactly like human beings and deserve all the rights and privileges thereof. They've also kind of become a little bit militant over the last few years. You know, they've been going around, breaking into people's homes, setting their androids free. Maybe even like... I don't know, some some mild terrorist activity. Anyway. Well, but, you know, only mild, right? Yeah, only very mild. But they're definitely gray on the sort of mm. morality spectrum. The reason we're going to the Messengers of the One Mind is because the CEO of one of the Android production companies, Harlan Rowland, has heard a rumor that maybe the messengers are taking their political activism one step further, that maybe they're going to be planning some kind of experiment to trick humanity into believing that androids are more human than they are. The nature of that experiment will be discussed in-game, but let's just say there's a lot of weird going on. And while Harlan doesn't really care all that much about human experimentation, he does care about the fact that if they're able to convince the public that androids have sentience, that's going to be really bad for his business. He won't be able to sell all of his android buddies that suddenly have civil rights. So to investigate this little dilemma, he's hired two agents from the titular risk management. Jess, do you want to give a crack at describing what risk management does? I can certainly have a crack whether you'll use it We'll see. Uh, <laughs> so risk management, you got a problem, you got a situation that needs to be handled delicately and sensitively. Risk management are you guys. They'll go in quietly and resolve the situation. Done deal. You did it. That's risk management in a nutshell. They're your standard black ops shadow runner types to borrow generously from another RPG. <laughs> which we did in spades um, oh yes <laughs> they are the ones you call in when you have a problem and they go in and solve that problem for you and if you don't mind breaking some laws a few ethical mores all the better because they certainly don't care about any of those and we are going to be playing two agents from this highly ethical, highly above-board organization. Now, why don't we talk about our characters? Jess, if you don't mind, could you start us off? Okay, ladies awesome. first, alright. <laughs> alright, so I'm going to be playing Caro Bellamy, 
Caro has found that asking questions can get people into all sorts of trouble. And so she has become very good at encouraging people not to ask questions. For this reason, she tries to extricate herself from philosophical musings, including the android sentience debate, surmising that a collection of zeros and ones do not a soul make. Anything for a simple life of small talk. Kara tries to end fights before they've even begun with words alone, though takes comfort in knowing that uh, Anders, Steve's character, is very good at his job. But she is very unlikely to ever say that last part aloud. So... Something you should know about our characters and something that we don't know about each other is that in this mission to infiltrate the messengers of the one mind, each of us has a hidden agenda. We have a sort of a personal mission that we want to accomplish that might actually get in the way of the the job that we're on. We basically have set up a system where if these get triggered, we have to run with them. So even if it you know, ends up getting us killed or captured or in some other negative straits, if the hidden agenda gets triggered, then we are going to play it out to the best of our ability. I don't know what Kara's is, but I'm sure it's going to be exciting. And now I'm going to tell you a little bit about my character, Anders. Anders is a company man who's absolutely committed to his mission. He's a bit of a misanthrope, and he basically hates everyone outside of risk management. Because of this, he has a surprisingly strong interest in the android sentience debate. To him, there's little difference between an android and a human being, and he doesn't see why they should be treated like machines. He basically hates people, and he is neutral towards androids, so he figures, you know, they should all get the same sort of shake. Anders doesn't mind getting his blade bloody, but he sees no need to fight people who are unrelated to the mission. This is probably why he gets along with Kara. While he doesn't necessarily agree with her talking her way out of situations all the time, he notices things go a little bit more smoothly when she's around. So let's talk about our characters for like two minutes, Jess. Um, (laughs) How many missions do you think they've been on together at this point? Uh, I'd say it's 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 got to be more than three or five because I feel that there is a certain level of comfort and there is a certain level of I know what your foibles are and I tolerate them. We're good and we work well together because I don't ask you to change because you succeed in the mission. Yeah, no, I think that they basically have come to the conclusion that they've made it out of made it out alive enough that they should probably trust each other as much as one trusts anyone who you have to put your life or you have to <laughs> give give your life oh no 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 that's not right either they trust each other is what i'm trying to say and i think that's good i also believe that you were you were mentioning that um caro much like anders has this sort of like bank account that's full of 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 cryptocurrency everything's we we pay for everything in cryptocurrency now because it's the future (laughs) this may one day be very dated but that's okay for now (laughs) cryptocurrency it is um and it's called bits so if you hear us talking about bits we are talking about the about money uh yeah no i i think they're both have full offshore bank accounts but neither one of them is really in it for the money. I think Anders is kind of in it for the for the mission. 
he's he's sort of very interested in being sort of like a company man and like getting things done or whatever. Caro is in it for reasons. Oh, <laughs> that's exciting. <laughs> Just for the sake of making life easier for everyone, here are some typical character actions that we will be engaging in. We can do other things, but just to sort of give you a basis for kind of understanding how this will be structured. Action number one, use. This is using a skill or item in your possession. A lot of the sort of quote-unquote skills are item-based. So if we we have a lockpick and we want to open a door, we can use the lockpick. We can also try to open the door without a lockpick or an improvised lockpick, but we'll do that with some kind of disadvantage. Just like there are advantages that give us bonuses to roll, there are disadvantages that give us negatives to rolls. There's search, which means investigating an area for potential clues, traps, and items of interest, which is exactly what it says on the tin. There's talking, which is talking or lying or manipulating or otherwise engaging in some kind of conversation with an NPC. There's fighting, which we'll cross that bridge when we get there. There's tinkering, which is playing around with gadgets, gizmos, objects, or artifacts in the world. And there's assisting, where we try to help each other do a thing by working together. If we succeed, then we get some kind of advantage. If we fail, um, things can go horribly, horribly wrong. Generally speaking, if one of us wants to do anything and we're the ones steering the ship, we're acting as a GM, we'll have the other person come up with the, D, uh, the DC for it, the direct current for it. That way we don't cheat. And that, I think, might be it, right? Maybe? Types of crisis? Oh, types of crisis. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. Thank you. Thank you. Generally speaking, scenes are going to be broken up as follows. You have a scene, and that scene is either going to be talky, where we're just sort of chatting with one another, we're commiserating on some kind of thing that happened previously, whatever. Those scenes are not really led by anyone. Or we're going to have a crisis. And crises are generally related, at least somewhat, to a particular stat. So if the um, roof is falling down on us, that would be considered a strength crisis. If we're trying to talk someone into letting us into an off-limits area, that might be considered a social crisis. Crises don't necessarily have to only have one stat, but they're kind of built around a single stat. And this is more for us and simplicity than anything else. And oh yeah, no, there there is one more thing that we should talk about. And it's Ooh, the- okay the four rules and these are just four things we came up with in an effort to make this little experiment work as well as humanly possible rule number one don't create npcs if you don't have to the fewer new characters the better we've already come up with a bunch of names and we are going to try to avoid just creating characters for the sake of for the sake of expediency we'll use you know you want to use all the parts of the bear So rule number two is don't leave the messenger's compound if you don't have to. Let's try to keep things self-contained. So in a similar kind of vein to the first rule, let's not create new areas if we don't have to. We have a selection of wonderful areas we can't wait to take you through. So we're going to try and keep to those several areas. 
Rule number three, which is really important because we're doing this sort of trading off control thing is avoid using meta information. Basically, if one of us is in charge, our, our character will be mostly on autopilot unless there's a fight happening. That does not mean they'll go silent. It just means that they're not going to go out of their way to help resolve problems. They're going to be in the background, you know, making quips or offering advice, but never just taking control of the wheel and solving the, the puzzle or the crisis. So rule number four is understand that characters can die. We should always try to play without leaning heavily on narrative shielding. If things go wrong, they go wrong. The joy of the narrative is figuring out how to deal with that. So um, say yes, I believe that's the rule in improv. Say yes, go with it, see where it takes you. And if your character ends up dying, your character ends up dying. There, are, there might be ways out of that. There might be ways of avoiding that. But if it happens, it happens. Now that you know a little bit about the game, we're going to start from the top. And I think that I'm the one who's going to be taking the first scene. And okay. Uh, no pressure. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Just so you know, we, we have not rehearsed or done literally anything. So this is the <laughs> first time we are doing this. We haven't even come up with them all. We haven't even thought very hard about character voices. So bear with us. So Cora and Anders find themselves in the office of Harlan Rowland, the CEO of New Minds, one of the largest producers of androids in the world. Um, this office is smaller than you would expect. It seems to be designed less as sort of a place for him to stretch his legs than as a boiler room for negotiations. The walls are wood and dark, and they, they seem to be closing in on the two. Um, his table is the largest thing in the area, and it's made out of this striking kind of oak tree stump kind of structure. Harlan himself is youngish in his early 30s. He looks more like a tech entrepreneur than he does a, a sort of CEO of sort of a of the largest kind of Android company in the world. He's wearing a half opened Hawaiian shirt and and a pair of slightly too tight jeans. His hair is slicked back and he has this like really awful smile on his face. One that says that he knows a lot more about everything than you do. On the table are two documents that look like contracts. And in his hand is a phone that he's typing into with very little concern for the fact that Anders and Caro are sitting in front of him. So, Caro, what do you do? Um, well, uh, uh, yeah, sorry, my brain just went into screensaver mode. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm guessing Caro wouldn't be perturbed by Harlan's possible disregard for her presence. She's probably quite used to this attitude. To her, this is just another day in the office, uh, so to speak. Uh, so you mentioned dossiers, of, I guess. Um, um, and are they just contracts for the job or do they contain information about the job or? You can, you can talk to Harlan. Oh, okay, good. I can talk to Harlan. Okay, cool. Um, has it, 
uh, there's no been there's been no prior conversation or is it literally just a case of all right they, mr harland mr mr roland will see you now and they've just sat down is that is that where we 24 hours ago you received a message on your private line and mm. it was a recording that said that you needed to meet harlan roland in his office you were okay. given no additional information except mm. that you should carry a enough clothing and supplies for a long-term mission your bags are being held by harlan currently in a car an unmarked car which is located many 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 floors down your risk management has said that you can trust harlan but not too much ah right okay okay and she does she doesn't know anything about the job yet she needs to actually talk to harlan okay right so uh she she ventures forth with a is it is it the morning? Is it the afternoon? Sorry, <laughs> I'm asking too. I'm overthinking this way too much. But is you it the morning? Is it the afternoon? Fine. It is early afternoon. So yes, Caro tries to be you know friendly but professional. She's like you know, good afternoon, Mr. Rowling. Thank you very much for seeing us today. How can we help you? Character voices. Oh shit! Ah, uh, oh, that's another question. Actually, can I swear on this? <laughs> Try to keep it to a minimum. Um, okay, uh, good afternoon, Mr. Rowland. Thank you very much for seeing us today. We understand you have a problem, a situation you would like resolved. How can we help? You must be Caro. Right, right. Ah, of course I'm right. All right, take a seat, take a seat, take a seat, and I'll tell you why you're here. Wait, how was the ride over, by the way? Was the limo nice? Comfortable? Good seats? It's like you can't buy a nice limo in this town anymore. It was good, though, right? I worry about these things. I worry a lot, by the way. It's kind of what I do. Um, it was what it was. It was it was fine. Thank you for asking. Yes. I mean, I sent a driver, right? Like you got my driver, didn't you? Oh yes, yes. No, there's no need to worry about that, of course. Because if I didn't, um, Keith, he's I, he, Keith is. Keith it's it's really all right. Hard. Keith was wonderful. Keith was wonderful. There's no need to worry. What can we do to help you? It's not what you can do for me. It's more like what I can do for you. You see, I've got a lot of money. Like, a lot. A lot of money. We're talking spaceship money here. And I was planning on giving a big giant pile of it to your bosses in exchange for you solving the teeniest, tiniest little problem for me. Sounds like a pretty good trade, right? Oh, that's, that's, you know, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. We seem to be on the same page. Anders raises an eyebrow and looks over towards you. I just smile back. Very, 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 very brief. To, like he would catch it, but I'm hoping that uh, Mr. Roland would not catch that. Do you want something to drink? I've got pretty much everything, right? Do you? I mean, like, are you interested in? I don't know. What? What do you want? What do you want? Oh, just a glass of water for myself and my colleague would be fine. Actually, do you have any power fuel? God, Anders, please, please, just, just, please. Wait, wait. Yeah, no. I, I, I think we can find some. Like, I'm sure. I'm sure we can find some. Um, yeah. Uh, water would be fine. Water would be fine. Okay, great. Fine. Fine. Yes. Fine, fine. Yes. Water is fine. He walks over to a little mini fridge that he has behind him. He opens it up. He takes out two bottles of water and he places them right next to the documents. Wonderful. And Thank you. Thank you so much. Anders gets up and he collects his and then goes back to his seat and leans. Okay. Yes. So, 
here's the problem I'm having. Wait, before that, what do you think of androids? I know that's kind of a weird question for me to be asking, given my position, but I really need you to answer it. So, what do you think? Uh, they're okay, I guess. Um, I... (laughs) Sorry, I'm not sure I quite follow. What, what... Could you you narrow it down a bit? What, what... (laughs) Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Sometimes I think a little bit faster than I can speak, so let me break this down for you. Do you think androids are human? Like, human like us. Excuse me? Um, sorry, sorry. Oh, goodness. No, um, I've... No, 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 they're androids. There's, there's a very... There's a big difference. I think we can both agree. Like, that, there's a big difference. Um, he, he takes out his phone and he, he has on it, like, an article from sort of a, like, blog stream site that has, like, are androids human? The great debate or something like that. It's like a 10,000 word think piece on that. Oh, not another one of these hot takes. (sighs) You know, right, right. I build these things. I invented these things. And you know what? Now people are telling me they're human. Well, well, that's news to me. You know, back in the basement, that's what I call my house, right? Back in the basement, I used to build Android brains. That's what I did. And a lot of programming goes into it and it's you know some of them are pretty clever but they're not human that's dumb like that's pretty dumb right you think that's dumb right uh i would i would be inclined to agree with you yes that's 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 as you say dumb right your friend doesn't talk a lot does he oh no no he's 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 the strong silent type he's he's very efficient with uh, his words he doesn't he doesn't waste a single word uh we work very well together i i talk for him a lot of the time. Anders just gives a thumbs up. Okay, that's going to get real weird soon. Um, he, he turns his attention to you. Um, he's a lot like a squirrel. He seems to have a hard time kind of knowing <laughs> where to keep his eyes. And so he's looking around the room. Okay, fine. Okay, good. We're on the same page. Androids, not human. That's the point. Right. Good. Yes. Have, have, you, have you ever heard of the, I, I don't know, like... <laughs> I don't know what people know, right? Like, I, I know things, and sometimes people don't know the same things that I know. So I'm just going to tell you. Have you ever heard of the Messengers of the One Mind? Have you heard I of them? Can't, I can't say I've heard of them specifically, but that sounds like a cult. I'm sorry, but that that just that just strikes me as some kind of new-agey, culty type thing. You are so right. So right. So, you're amazing. Risk management's amazing. Is there some kind of comment card I could fill out to tell your bosses just how amazing you are? Sorry? A comment card? Like a- yes, yes, no, I, I'm sure I've got some in my pocket here. Yes, yes, uh, Caro fishes through her pocket and she pulls out, uh, you know, tell us your thoughts kind of card, you know, who was the representative you dealt with, what was their name, and what did you think of your experience with risk management? Harlan takes the, the little comment card and actually starts filling it out right there. Okay, oh, okay, right. okay, okay, cool. Great, great. So, messengers, cult. So, yes. I've got one more question, and this is really important. Really, really important. I'm right? listening. I'm listening. Do you believe in magic? Uh, as a thing that exists, then I mean, it's it's. I guess it's. I guess. I guess. But like, I I've, I don't have any one-on-one experience. Like, you know, like. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm not quite sure what answer you're looking for. <laughs> I mean, have you ever seen it? Have you ever seen magic? Have you? 
a couple of like trick videos on like you face what whatever that website is like, a couple of trick videos when i was younger but like you know i've not apart from that like i'm not really interested in it that's good how about your friend over there anders looks up i i don't think he even watches those you know emotion pictures online I, that's really not his bag i mean magic's pretty cool i can work with that magic is pretty cool and i don't care well i don't care that magic is pretty cool so i think we're still simpatico still simpatico here's what's happening messengers of the one mind are using magic to uh-huh turn an android and make him real that's what they're doing. That's what I hear. This is the rumors that I'm hearing. They're sorry, so make them real how? Make them real... Make them human. Make them... Make them human how? I'm sorry. I'm asking a lot of stupid questions, I'm sure. But make them... Hu- but androids are androids. They're not They're not humans. Humans hey. are humans. Androids are androids. Like... Hey, I'm, a, I'm an engineer. I don't know anything about this magic stuff. I watch the same videos that you do, and they're kind of cool, or whatever. But, but I don't really know what's going on here. What I do know is that pretty smart people who I trust are telling me that these crazy cult folks are going to somehow use their magical voodoo nonsense blood whatever and, and turn an android into a person. Do you know how bad that is for me? Well, we can't have that, obviously. We can't have that. Whatever they think they're doing, it's probably nothing good. And uh, whilst it's incredibly unlikely they'd be as successful, we appreciate that you want someone to just make sure, just make sure that they absolutely are not successful in whatever they think they're doing. You, you have no idea how much money this will cost me. You, 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 I mean, we've been through this. Like, you, you can't sell people. Like, no, of course. Right. Like, and so if androids are people, then I can't sell androids. And if I can't but, sell but androids people, are not. Androids are not, and they won't be. So. We'll we'll handle it. Don't worry. We'll handle it if that's if that is what you require of us. That is the kind of confidence that I'm looking for out of you. You know, what, wait, what's your name again? Caro? Carol? Caro? Caro? Yes. Um. But <laughs> no, no, no. Just, just, just Caro or hey, you there? Whatever works. Whatever works. I'm not fussy. And 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 that one's Anders. Yes, that one. He's very he's very particular about that. Anders. Yes. That is my name. And he just leans back and continues sipping water. Okay, great, 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 great. Fine, I think we've got it. We've got a deal. So what you're going to do, what you're going to do is you're going to sneak into the messengers of the one mind. You're going to sneak in there. You're going to hang out there for a little while, and you're going to figure out how they're going to try to use magic to make androids human. Then you're going to stop them. I don't care how you stop them. In fact, don't tell me how you stop them, because if you tell me how you, you stop them, that could be a real problem. Liability. You know how this is, right? Right. Risk right. management is all about avoiding those kinds of problems. Don't worry, it will be resolved. Perfect. 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 Okay. So let me tell you a couple of things that you, you probably need to know. First and foremost, it could take a while. Take a while. Take a long time. Like a really long time. Um, these people yes, have we were briefed that this mission would take some time. Good. Also, they have tons of security. The place is like loaded up with guns and killer robots and all kinds of stuff. Like I, I've heard. I'm, I'm heard sorry. I'm sorry. I, I thought this was I, maybe I've misunderstood what what kind of cult this is. Um, they 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 guns. Sorry. Um, I'm, maybe I'm not getting it. Could you could you elaborate on 
Anders breaks in. Oh yeah, I guess they didn't brief you on that part. They're kind of loaded up. Loaded up pretty heavy. They usually don't send you that half of the briefing. Probably because you do stuff like this. And they don't want to worry you. Yeah, it's pretty bad news over there. It does seem to be more your field of expertise. Um, right, okay. Glad we're on the same page. So, killer androids. Private security guards from companies that I don't control. Big problem. Tons of guns. Most of the regular cultists, they, I mean, I, I, we're calling them a cultist, right? Like, I don't, uh, I don't want, need to feel bad. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, trying to make androids into humans, that's, that's, uh, yes, no, I think there's no debate about whether it's a cult or not. Right, cool. So we're calling them cultists. And yeah, no, like most of them don't really know these things, but you know how it is. Like on the surface, everything's fine. They're just a political lobbying group. But beneath the surface, they're like killing babies and like drinking their blood and everything like that. Um, uh, I'm sorry, is, is there any evidence of that? Of the killing babies thing? No, that was a figure of speech. Oh, of course. I just want to get a sense of what to expect. And, you know, it would be one thing for guns and then another for child murder. Okay. I understand where you're coming from. So all you need to do, super simple, super easy, is you need to break in. You need to figure out what's going on. You need to maybe kill a few people. Uh, I mean, I didn't say that. I did not say that. Keith! You did not say that. It's not on the record. You did not say that. It's not on the record. You're quite right. Right, right, right. You need to subdue a few people. Perhaps, 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 perhaps. Then you need Not to even your... that. Persuade a few people. Persuade a few people. You know, I like you. I like you a lot. Like, you you have good words. I get that a lot. It looks that way. You've got very good words. Very, very good words. So we're going to persuade some people. And then we're mm. going to find our way into whatever crazy sub-basement they have. And we're going to figure out what this Android thing is. And then I need it to disappear, right? Like, I need it to disappear. I, I can't have this existing. If it exists, then everything goes wrong. So I need you guys to make that problem disappear for me. Can we handle that? Can you handle that? Yes. Yes. Great. Great. Do you have any questions for me? I, I feel like I've been talking a lot and, and you guys, do you have- Oh, not at all, but questions, yes. Um, few questions. So we've already established this cult is um, armed to the teeth, as it were. Um, but I want to kind of, I didn't know if you knew anything more about the social makeup of this cult. Is it a quite a hippy dippy give up all your belongings kind of cult? Or is it quite a, we very much firmly believe in this one thing, like what on a sliding scale? How, how, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Anders, Anders, what, what, what are we, what are we? I think she wants to know how likely we are to be shot in the face. Yes, yes. Uh, communicated only the way Anders can. Um, how, you know, like, how hostile are they to outsiders? You, you gotta think of it like an onion, right? Like the surface of the onion, like everything's fine. Everyone's like a hippie, like they're all like peace and love and whatever. Um, because, you know- So there they, are layers, there are layers to the cult is what you're saying. Right, 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 right. So so if you if you just if you just go in there and like talk to them, I mean, everything's going to be fine as long as you don't make any waves. Yes. They're just going to let you in and it'll be great. I mean, they're going to ask you a lot of questions because if you're just walking in off the street, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 of course, of course. But like, it should be fine. You start opening doors you're not supposed to. You start messing around with stuff that they don't want you to. And they might just shoot you. And you might be lucky if they do. I've heard some real weird rumors about what's going on in there. Real weird stuff from whom and in what way real weird? Just so, just so we know, just so we know. I mean, you, you, how much do you know about magic? How much, like, like, do you know a lot? 
I, I, I can't, I can't pretend to be an expert. No. Yeah. Well. Okay. Um, magic needs, you know, like reagents. It needs like stuff, like you know, cow's feet and like I don't know, paprika or whatever. Like it's like uh, making really crappy food. Anyway, um, some of those things are like human parts. You know, they need eye of newt, but instead of eye of newt, it's eye of person. And and if you're not really careful, oh. it's the eye of you. You see where I'm going with this? Right. Like, yes. No. I I get I get your drift now. Yes. I don't know why it wasn't uh, coming to me before, but I get your drift now. Yes. So, so that can be a problem. You, you know, I don't want to tell you how to do your job. I, I mean, like, like I of feel course. like I'm telling you how to do your job, right? Like, like. Oh no, 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 no. Any any suggestion, you know, it's it's a valuable suggestion. Right. What I need you to make sure you don't do is you don't let them know you're there to destroy their stuff because if you do obviously obviously yes because if you do they're probably going to kill you they're probably going to kill you and steal your body parts and use them for magic you see how that works yes yes you you don't need to labor that point no okay 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 do you have another question at this point he's gone into the fridge and taken two cans of power fuel out he's opened both and started drinking from one uh hey are you gonna drink both of those? <laughs> oh wait, you mean this? He points to the power fuel. Yeah, yeah, that. Oh, do you want it? I mean, I asked you guys if you wanted drinks, but you didn't really say anything. Well, she said some stuff, but yeah, that happens sometimes. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll take it. I'll take it right now if you if if you're not drinking it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Come <laughs> on. And he gets up and he takes the power fuel and he starts drinking it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, that was a... <laughs> Do you have any more questions? Sorry. Uh, I, I believe Anders and I, uh, by the time he finishes that, we'll be just leaving. Um, I believe, Anders, unless there's anything, as there's anything else that you need to know for your side of things, is there anything? I mean, we probably need money. You should probably pay us some money. Yes, the be- I was. I was hoping. I was hoping that Harlan Roland, you know, he had already thought way ahead. So yes, do tell us about payment options and uh, how this is going to work. Yeah, like normal, most of your funds are going to be delivered on the completion of the mission. But I imagine you're talking about needing some walking around money for inside, inside of the cult. I'm really glad we're still calling it that, by the way. Yeah, I didn't want <laughs> to be so indelicate, but yes. Right. I've been in business for a really long time, and I'm kind of sensitive about paying people for things that they haven't done yet. So, what do you think is fair? Like, uh, 50 bits, maybe? 50 bits? I can barely buy a chocolate bar with that, and that—that that is a necessary expense, I'm terribly sorry to say. You wouldn't, you wouldn't believe it, but it is amazing, the social lubrication afforded by chocolate. Um, yeah, and as, uh, do you, do you... What, what, what would sound a bit more reasonable than 50 bits? I mean... I mean, 50 bits is kind of, you know, insulting, don't you think? Like, that's that's not. I wouldn't use that particular word, but um, yes, my colleague has voiced their opinion and voiced their feelings. 50 bits is, I mean, considering the possible length of this mission, I do worry that 50 bits will impede our ability to complete the mission successfully i mean obviously we will we will make it work whatever whatever happens but 50 bits might create a problem um how many bits do you want him to pay you 
Oh man, I, I have, I, I'm not quite sure how the economy works in this game yet, so I'm really trying to not say anything dumb, like, GIVE ME A THOUSAND BITS! Um... <laughs> Assume that about 300 bits is what it would take for you to buy a single, like, pretty decent kind of, like, piece of equipment, and the monthly salary for, for the average person in this place would be something like 1,500 bits. Okay, so a thousand bits wasn't such a dumb thing to demand. Okay, cool. <laughs> I don't want to do your job for you, and, and I know we're in like a negotiation right now. And I'm, uh, you, you know, I, I don't be insulted when I say this, but I'm, you know, I'm just not going to help you out. I don't, I'm, I don't really want to help you. Um, so tell me, what do you want? I mean, I can give you fifty bits. I have it in my pocket right now. I mean, obviously, you know. 50 bits is, you know, still very generous, but in terms of the success of the mission, uh, I believe that uh, something closer to the region of a thousand bits would, uh, you know, be a little bit more... It would it would ease things a bit. I mean, a thousand bits? That's, that's a lot of money. That's like... I mean, that's way more than 50, I'll tell you that. Um, oh, if you gosh. want the job done properly, then you have to buy the right tools, I'm afraid. I mean, do you have any idea how much I... I pay risk management, how much I'm paying for this? Like, do you have any idea? I mean, like, oh, oh upper management you. doesn't disclose those exact figures. I mean, I, I, I'll tell you it's way more than 50 bits, right? Like, uh, at the end of this, oh, it's, it's serious, serious. Most things are way more than 50 bits, I imagine. <laughs> no, that's right. That is very, <laughs> that is very true. Most <laughs> things are way more than 50 bits. Um, Give me a... Social role versus a DC ten. Oh god. Okay. Right. Uh, how are we doing? How are we doing dice rolls? How are we doing what? dice rolls? Roll a one D ten and then add your social stat. An actual an actual roll D ten, or do you want me to use an online dice you, roll? I'm using a dice roller, so use whatever you have on hand. I, I actually have. I think I actually have a D ten. Where is it? Okay. Is that, is that a D ten? It looks like a little diamond. Uh, that's possibly not. Oh god, I'm showing my ignorance. Where where is my D10? My brain has just decided to Oh, okay. Wait, maybe maybe. Is this a D10? Oh, this is really embarrassing. I can't remember. <laughs> We're doing a tabletop gaming podcast. I know! I know when this happens every time I play a tabletop game and I have like at least one bi-weekly session and every time I have to ask, is this the right one? Is this the right one? Do you want me to send you a link to my roller? No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Let me just, let me just, I'm Google imaging. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think this is the right one. So yes, I think I've got a D10. Sorry, I've completely forgotten what you asked me to roll. <laughs> D10 plus social. Just tell me what you get. Okay. Uh, plus social. Oh, okay. Wait, no, that can't be right. I'm so confused. Maybe I should just use your dice roll. It's in the chat. Check the chat. Right. Thank you. Okay. Let me just. This is how the sausage is made, folks. While you do that, I'm going to um, disappear for thirty seconds. So just no worries. Okay. One sec. Cheers. And I'm back. All right. Yeah, that was uh, that was probably the right dice I picked up. Oh my gosh, what is my brain doing? It's my okay. Right. So and plus my social stat because I did do that. So that the D10 has rolled a three and my social stat is maxed out at five. Um, so that is six, seven, eight. 
Is that how it works? <laughs> that is exactly how it works. Um, okay. Oh, so thank you roll, God. <laughs> you roll an eight against a DC 10, which means that it not only do you miss the DC, well, you only miss the DC, but it's also a failure. And in this Damn. case, a two to three below the DC is a regular old-fashioned failure. The action fails with no further consequences. Um, so let's play that out. Okay. So, um, I'm, I, I understand your position here. I understand where, where, where you're coming from. I get, I get what you're saying, right? Is that what I'm trying to say? I'm trying to say that I get what you're saying. You get it? But a thousand, that's a little, that's a little much, right? Like I have accountants too. I pay taxes, right? Like everyone else. Like of everyone. course. I could do a, 150. I could do, I could do 150. Like is 150 good? Oh, that's very generous. That's very generous. That's, that, that will, yes, I'm sure that will be useful. That really kind of sucks. Anders. Anders, 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 is, uh, that's his way of saying that, um, yes, that will be useful and we will gladly take that. If that is what you are offering, that is what we will take. I mean, I don't even wake up for less than 500 bits. We're going to be there for months. How are we going to survive with 100 We will figure it out. We will figure it out. I mean, is that for each of us? Because half of 150... That's a good question. Is that a hundred? That is hundred fifty each, right? Give me a social against the DC of, let's say six. DC of six. Oh gosh. Um, right, and that's D ten again. Yep. All right. Oh shit. <laughs> Sorry, I rolled a nine, and my social is five. Well, <laughs> that's definitely. How did a this happen? That's a that is a critical hit. So the action succeeds and the character receives an additional benefit, usually a large one. Right. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, no. I I understand what, what's going on here. I, I okay, okay. Yeah, I see I see where he's coming from, and I see where you're coming from, and I see where our minds can meet on this thing. So here's what I'm gonna do for you. Each of you, each of you, each of you, two fine people get 150 bits and I'm going to throw in excellent I'm going to throw in get get this I'm going to throw in one dose of vitamin X each each of you get a dose of vitamin X how's that how is that oh oh yes um okay uh vitamin X Ter- terribly sorry my I've I've been I've been having terrible problems with uh certain memory type things and word type things could you just remind me uh, what vitamin X? What utilities there are for vitamin X? I'm terribly sorry. Um, and someone of your intelligence would much enjoy explaining that to me, surely. I, I mean, like, you, don't they teach you that sort of stuff? Whatever. Doesn't matter. I'm sure they do, but they tell me so much about vitamin Y, vitamin Z, all these different vitamins, and I just can't keep them straight half the time. So I just want to make sure I'm not thinking of vitamin and degree or vitamin this i just want to make sure i've got all my ducks in a row and i just want to check that we're on the same page okay well oh fine 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 fine. you see vitamin x isn't really a you know it's not a vitamin like that's why it comes in these giant vials or whatever but they call it a vitamin because it's good for marketing um it's really like these really 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 tiny nanobots and and what they do is that you drink it and it tastes like garbage i've had some i've tasted garbage garbage and then you know you feel better. You get you get better, right? Like if if someone cuts you in the oh. neck or something, like you you feel a little bit better. I mean, it's not gonna like you know you get shot in the 
chest with a shotgun, like that's not gonna help you. But it's gonna like, I don't know, maybe maybe it helps you out. I got a couple of these samples around here because people are always selling, sending me samples of everything. And I, you know, I figure that you guys can use it better more than I can. You know, I just stub my oh, toe and this, this isn't one of the vitamins that has any of those nasty side effects, is it? No, no, no. Vitamin and vitamin X is great. Like, like no, nothing. Yeah, bad you didn't experience any of any of that horrible side effects, did you? Because you mentioned you had some. I just wanted to make sure that. No, no. Vitamin X is great. After being reminded, you would know that vitamin X heals one health, and you would know that vitamin X is actually perfectly safe. Wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> cool. So 150 Fitbits and a dose of vitamin X, everything's great, and we can leave, right? Like, we're done here, right? Like, you guys don't need anything else, right? Like, I feel like you've been tying my hands behind my back because I've been, you know, I have work to do, and you guys are just sitting in this of course, office, like, of course. Wasting, no, my time, we... wasting my time. Oh, oh, no, no, no. And no question is a stupid question. I mean, you know, forewarned is prepared, as we say, risk management. And um, thank you so much for your time. We are terribly sorry to have taken so much of it. But thank you so much for your time, your expertise and your knowledge on this mission. And uh, hopefully we will report back sooner rather than later with some good news. Cool. Keith will leave and you And is, is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, we didn't actually sign the contract. Of course, of course. Uh, this is why I keep him around. Yes, uh, contracts, contracts. We do need to sign. Oh those. yeah, no, the piece of paper. Yeah, those are contracts. I already signed those with risk management. I just keep them there because they're good for the negotiation. You get it? Like people get really worried when they see contracts on the table. I mean, why are yes. we? Why are we even using paper? <laughs> like that's pretty dumb, don't you think? Well, I mean, you know, digital has this nasty habit of getting corrupted from time to time. So I can understand multiple copies here and there, but you know, I paper is so outmoded. I I agree with you on that one. Fantastic. All right, um, leave my yes, office. Yes, if that's leave, leave. Yeah, if that's everything, is there anything yeah, no, else? Is, is there anything else you want to ask of us? Uh, no, no, I want you to leave now. Leave, leave my office. Of course, you, we will be doing that post haste. Harlan stands up and he is like physically ushering you two out of the office. <laughs> um, and as you, <laughs> so, as a quick wrap up of that scene, um, you two have received 150 bits each. So, mark that down on your sheet somewhere. Um, and ooh, a dose. Ooh, ooh, okay. Just so you remember. And a dose of vitamin X. And that is what you got out of that. And I think the next scene-ish thing before I pass it over to you is going to be a bit of a talkie scene. So I'm going to set it up for you. Anders and Caro travel down the elevator, and the elevator is equally made out of wood. It kind of feels like you're in a hunting lodge, which is strange because the entire building feels this way. Instead of glass and steel, it's just a lot of wood and probably dead animals. It's very, very strange building. Um, you get to the lobby, and there is a young man um, with very short cropped hair and what looks like a, a sort of bionic arm, perhaps. Like, it's something that you would recognize as maybe not his natural left arm. And you would know that this is the driver that took you here, and his name is Keith. And he doesn't really speak to you. He just sort of nods and like he turns and he walks you out towards the lobby. And in the lobby, you see a couple of people kind of waiting for their time to speak with an executive or something like that. But mostly mm -hmm. it's empty. 
um, and you are taken out to a large SUV. Is there anything you want to do before we leave New Mines? Uh, I'm really bad at like seeing opportunities in tabletop games uh, of this nature. So my brain's gone a bit blank. I feel like there is more we could do, but let's let's get a rolling. I can't think of what it is. Cool. Um, so he he goes to the trunk. He opens the trunk. He he shows you that your bags are still there. Cool. Um, right. Hey, do do you talk? He he looks at Anders and Anders and he just sort of like shrugs his shoulders and and does like a little dance, like. Okay, that's okay. Whatever. I guess that's good. That's good. That's fine. And he just sort of walks over to the driver's side. He opens the door for you two, and he lets you both in. And the car starts, and you begin driving down the road. And we are going to go into a quick little conversation thing, and then we'll oh pass the reins over to you. Oh gosh. Okay. No pressure, Jess. <laughs> So, 150 bits is... Yeah. I I tried. You you can't say I didn't try. That is shocking. Oh, God. I mean, that that guy's like an idiot, right? Like, that's his problem? He's like an idiot? No, no. He's just a strange sort of techie fellow. It's... uh, It is what it is, and we'll have to be creative. We'll have to be efficient. I'm sure we'll figure it out. I mean, there's going to be people there and people have bits. And sometimes those people can be separated from those bits by various means. We'll, we'll figure it out, Anders. I'm really sorry. It's Gosh. fine, but you're the, you're the one who likes to talk their way through things. I mean, I know. We... I know. I know. Uh... Yeah, no, I guess that's fine. Um, I didn't really need to eat anyway. I guess I'll be okay with that. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try uh, a, a new kind of diet. I'm going to try a new kind of diet where I try and subsist only on chocolate bars for a few weeks. And we'll see how that goes. You know, the so only much. positive thing about this? Yes. I packed like three cases of power fuel in my bag. Oh, goody. Oh, goodness. And there's going to be nothing to mitigate that effect on you. Wonderful. I can't wait to see how this turns out. This little road trip of ours. Oh, it's going to be... We're going to make so many memories. We're going to make so many memories. It's going to be like that time in Guam when I drank, like, four power fuels and just gutted those guys. I, I, I was actively not trying to think about that for... A long time, and now I'm thinking about it again, and I'm probably not going to be able to stop thinking about that again. Thank you, thank you for that. To be honest, though, that was that was that was good fun. Let's be honest, that was that was good fun. I think the agency's sending Rocco um, to Rocco to on this. Yeah, you, you oh, know, that that smuggler guy who 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 gets us like yeah, yeah, yeah. in the field. Uh, is that is that is that the short guy, the tall guy? It's the really short guy. I mean, really short. Oh, of course, yeah, Rocco. Is he the one with kids? Is he, is he the one that goes on and on about his kids? Or is he, is he? does he not have kids? I can't remember. I mean, he goes on and on about his kids, but he doesn't really have kids. He just sort of made them up. 
he, right. he thinks that Rocco, Rocco, yeah. no kids, yeah, yeah. He thinks that people have more sympathy for him if they think he has kids. I just think it's kind of weird, but you know, teach his own or her own or whatever. And it's just polite. It's polite to just smile and let him talk. Yes, I remember Rocco. I yeah. mean, he's he's. He's, he's a valuable asset to risk management. Uh, what else is there to say? That he doesn't give us anything for free. Ever. And that we need to pay him in bits. Because he's a jerk. Rocco's a jerk. Rocco no kids. Jerky, jerky Rocco no kids. Okay. I'm glad we're on the same well, page. Yes, this is going to be a wild ride. And I look forward to seeing how this all wraps itself up. Or doesn't. Oh, I just remembered... Rocco and his prices are just remembered. Oh, that's going to be a pain. We're definitely going to have to find more bits somehow, some way. And I'm going to need you to back me up on that. I, like, I, I know you don't like unnecessary fights. I know I don't like them either. I mean, if we need to beat a few guys up to get some bits, I'm kind of on board with that. You know me. I'm not a violent person. Of course not. Of course not, Anders. But if we have to... I think I can make that sacrifice. Wonderful. Wonderful. Teamwork, we've got this covered. We have got this covered. I'm glad I can count on you, if no one else. By the way, have you figured out what we're going to do about the killer androids? I mean, I'm pretty good with people, as you know. But you can't really cut androids. And even if you do, it's kind of disappointing. They don't have any blood. You do not bleed in the traditional sense, no. Uh, did, he, well, did he bring, like, a weapon? I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a couple of things. I mean, androids are just... They're just code at the end of the day, right? So, I mean, I'll be honest, I've not... I don't, it depends how sophisticated they are, because there are, like, some new shiny models, right? And they do, they do, they, they do all these things, and they make, they, make, they make small talk, for heaven's sake. I mean, it's very repetitive small talk, but small talk all the same. So it depends if they have, like, the newest machines. They won't have the newest machines. What am I talking about? They're a cult. They won't have the newest machines. So they'll have maybe, like, the older generation. So they'll have, like, maybe a couple of, like, vulnerabilities code-wise. Maybe I can... Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I can totally hack that. Maybe. Yes. I mean, that's fine. I mean, we're, we're, we might die, but that's okay. Like, I'm okay with that. Like, I'm, I'm pretty... I, 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 I would much rather not die. I will give it my best shot to ensure we neither of us die. Because that would be messy. And a waste of risk management resources, I'm pretty sure. Um, and I don't really want to be charged for that post-mortem. So, uh, yeah. Did you know they charge our next of kin for our burials? Did you know that? It's in our contract. I, I am aware I'd rather avoid that eventuality. I'd rather avoid my next of kin. We're not involved at all in this, honestly. Um, yeah, so that's not... But don't worry, like, that's not going to happen. They're not... It's not going to come to that. So uh, it's, it's an odd thing to bring up, Anders. It's a, it's a really weird thing to bring up. Yeah. I've just been thinking about stuff. Like... Uh, yeah, you're a deep thinker. I, I've known you long enough. I, I know you're certainly a deep thinker. And I don't know. Like... I feel, I guess I feel okay about this mission. I mean, like a mission's a mission, so we're going to do it, right? Yeah. But he he wants us to stop this android. And I think usually when people tell us to stop things, they mean like shoot him in the face. Well, like, it's an android. So like face, face plates, you know, like deactivate. 
It's fine. I mean, it's just but, turning a machine off. It's fine. It's but, fine, right? But I mean, like, androids are like people. But oh no, no 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 no! Anders, let's not let's not start this again. Can we not? I've I, I read all those blog posts. I watched all those videos. Let's not do this again, please. We have a long journey. We have a long car ride. Let's not. Let's just do the job. Let's just do the job. We're going to be paid to do the. Let's just think of that. Let's just think of that. We're going to be paid to do this. We've been asked very nicely to do this. Let's just let's just you know let's just do what we've been told to do. Let's just do our jobs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I'm just being a big dummy. We got a mission, so we got to do it, or else you know they wouldn't call it a mission. Exactly. Thank you, thank you, Anders. Thank you. And. This conversation continues kind of like this for a good hour and a half as you guys <laughs> drive deeper and deeper into basically nowhere. You you leave the city and then you leave sort of the suburban area surrounding the city. And then you're like going into like a much more rural area. You're starting to see fewer and fewer streetlights. You're starting to see fewer and fewer pretty much anything. Even even the sort of farmland seems to be getting more and more sparse as as the territory becomes more a little bit hillier, a little bit more mountainous. And then you start climbing a hill. You're just going up and up and up this hill into this more deserty landscape. Keith rolls down the sort of separator window, the thing the pane of glass between you and him, and he kind of turns any motions to up the hill as if to say, you know, you're almost here. Oh, okay. At this point, he pulls the car over on kind of the, the side of the road. You can see maybe a tenth of a mile away is this huge compound with this enormous building, maybe five stories tall, that seems built almost into the hill, like into the mountain. You can kind of tell that there's there's a basement and there's like areas below this, and you can you can see it spreading out in front of you. But it's about a tenth of a mile away. He's not pulling up to the gates. Keith gets out of the car and he opens a trunk and he shows you the bags, and then he kind of gives you both like a like a thumbs up. Kara gives a thumbs up back. And. Anders takes the bag out and kind of slings it over his shoulder. And that is the end of that scene. And now I'm passing it to you. All right. So the gate. Uh, Okay. So in my mind, I'm picturing a tall chain link gate. And there are guards patrolling the perimeter. They have uniforms and everything, probably badges too. And yes, they're armed. They're super duper armed, but kind of like, you know, they're not like waving it around or anything. It's kind of just a, it's become part of their posture. The firearm has become part of their posture. It's just another day in the office for them too. And there are two that we can see immediately. And they're just sort of lazily kind of, they're not, they're not standing to attention. They're a little bit slumped. They probably be, they're probably kind of nearing the end of their shift. But they are, they are, they have noticed, wait, I'm on, okay, I'm going to say, I'm going to make an executive decision. I'm going to say they have kind of noticed the new arrivals. They're keeping an eye, they're keeping an eye, but they're not like reacting any other way. They're not, they're not tensing up. So Anders kind of saunters over to the gate 
and he gives Caro a look that says, I'll handle this. <laughs> so he walks up to the guards, he puts his bag down, and he... I know you mentioned this, but... Do the guards look tense? Do they look like they're used to people showing up at this gate? What do they look like? You can make me roll if you want to. Um, I have. Um, so... They're not used to people. They're not used to people frequently, but this is this is still occasionally a thing that happens because new members of the cult are still joining from time to time. It's not a regular thing. So the tension is more in their face than their body language. Their body language is still quite relaxed, but their face is kind of like squinting and kind of like, what are you doing here? What's, what's going to develop? What's going to develop? I'm going to keep an eye on you. They're just kind of like, oh, there's people now. That's new. So Anders gives the, the closest one to him a little nod, and he's like, hey, uh, we want to join your cult. How do we do that? So this, uh, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna give this guy a name. He is Kenneth Dane. I've pulled that from the list of names that you have so nicely put together for me because I am terrible at giving names on the spot. Cool. So yes, Kenneth Dane, Ken to his friends. Kenneth just sort of says, like really curtly nah mate not been briefed about it where are you from uh, that's a good question Caro where are we from I thought you were going to handle this darling oh okay yeah 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 um, you've got this you've got this we, we're um, we're we, we were in another cult before this and then uh we uh we're brother and sister that's what we are that's that's it it is it is clear right. that, that anders and Kara look almost nothing alike. <laughs> uh, adopted yeah, yeah yeah we didn't have we 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 had different dads. Right. our dads cut right both of them both okay. of them jerks. um right anyway. yeah yeah well uh, we, kenneth we, kind of acts like he's heard this story a million times before okay um so here's the deal. We we don't have a cult. We we don't have anywhere to live. And we love androids, so yeah. Oh. Anders has a social of one. <laughs> oh goody. So uh, Kenneth kind of sighs beleaguedly. It's like 30 minutes before the end of his shift. And cultists are pretty weird anyway. Um, so Kenneth is kind of like, listen, mate, listen, listen. I've not been briefed. I don't know your names. We're not due for any more integrations today. Like maybe, maybe there was a breakdown of communication. I don't know what you've been told. I don't know what they're telling the new guys. Uh, but I've not been told anything. So talk to your contact, give them a ring. We'll get it sorted out. But you understand, right? We can't. We can't just let you in. Can't just let you in willy-nilly. You could be anyone. I mean, but we gotta get inside. Like, that's the point. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's not nice outside, I'll give you that, but, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't let you in, mate. I don't, I don't know you. I've not been told you're coming. Not been told you're coming. I mean, do you have a phone number for someone we could call? Do you have, like, a phone number? <sighs> I, they, they don't like me. They don't like it when I call. They, they call me. I don't 
I don't call that mate. Fine. Anders looks around and he's trying to sort of figure out how many guards are, are currently in eye shot. So Ooh, let's have a look. <laughs> Let me have a look in the book. I'm not sure what this would fall under. Because in my head, I kind of know what the answer is. I kind of know what's going on, but I'm not sure how to... Give me whatever it feels like to you. Because we don't... I'm going I'm go- I'm to make an executive decision and decide that like perception-type challenges would fall into somewhere between knowledge and social. Give me the one you want me to. Roll. So... Let's say knowledge. Let's say knowledge and what kind of... Oh, I need to give you a DC or is that... Yeah, I need to give you a DC, right? Yeah, give me a DC. Okay, okay. Uh, We are professionals. (laughs) So good at this. So good. I'm going to give you a DC of, let's say, six. Let's say six. Oh, wow. Okay. I rolled. I have a, I, I don't even need to tell you what I have. But anyway, I rolled a four. I rolled a four. You rolled a four? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that, okay. That, that is nearly impossible. But I pulled it off. Oh, okay. So that, that's, that's your total. So you've not, you, oh, goodness. <laughs> what have <laughs> I done? <laughs> it's, not a, it's not worse than a failure, but it was definitely a failure. Okay, so uh, as far as Anders concerned, he can only see these two guards. <laughs> like the two guards in front of him are the ones he can see, and he thinks, "Yeah, sure, okay, those are the only guards that I need to deal with right now." So Anders immediately looks to his bag, and then he looks over to Caro, and because they've worked together before, this is an obvious signal that he's getting ready to like start fighting um he's probably <laughs> going to try to take these guys out um carrie's eyes are going wide and she's very subtly trying to shake her head like you know like <laughs> but she's trying to do it in such a way that the guards won't notice caro er, give me a dc 12 knowledge roll oh god <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to roll its d10 again, so... Oh! Okay, and what did I actually put down for knowledge? I I maxed out my knowledge as well. (laughs) I rolled a 10, and my knowledge is 5. Oh man, okay, well, let's see what that is. Okay, that's a big hit, so the, the action succeeds and there's a small additional benefit. So you not only know exactly how many guards, you, you know both how many guards there are, but you can also tell what kind of weapons they're carrying. And they I, they can be carrying whatever you want, but you you know this, you know both of these details now. So um, Anders, oh God. Is, Anders is looking antsy and is like, I mean, you really need to let us in. I think it's super important that you let us in. Super important? Super important? To whom? I don't know. And he, and he looks like he's like, has no more words for this guy. He looks to his, his, he looks to his bag again and he looks over to Caro. 
if you're gonna stop him, you probably are running out of time very quickly. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Um, uh, I'm trying to reconcile what Caro knows with what I know, and I'm trying to kind of also not hog the scene. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to balance all these things, and I am not succeeding in the simulations I am running in my head right now. Yeah, no, Caro will suddenly grab Anders arm and just sort of start giggling and go, oh, I'm terribly sorry. Like, you know, we, we were told that we would just, we just come, come to you and that it would be, you know, it would be done. We're like, we kind of thought we'd meet someone here and I, I'm terribly sorry to bother you. Like, oh goodness. And she's just like clinging to Anders for dear life. Like her, she's properly kind of digging her fingers in she's desperately she's panicking she's trying to keep anders close to her and away from his bag and she's just sort of word vomiting at this guard anders looks over to her he he's like he sighs and he's like all right um we'll we'll be back okay We'll, we'll be back it's all right mate i've got another 30 minutes so someone will be here so See you or don't. Yeah, okay. He he pulls he picks up his bag and he's like frustrated and he, he walks with you maybe twenty yards away, so so out of easy eye shot. And he looks to you. Alright. There were only like two guys there. We could have taken them. <sighs> two guys? For an entire facility, Anders, don't you think that's a bit hopeful and optimistic? I only saw two guards. You only saw two guards? But what if more guards saw what you were going to do to those two guards? Then we'd be in trouble. Yeah, that does sound right. Yes. I mean, I don't want to tell you how to do your job. You're very good at it. And goodness knows there are a lot of situations where I would have been completely done for without you. But in this situation, I I feel like... Just, just have a chat with him. I mean, the guard did say, like, he gets off his shift in 30 minutes. Is there anything, like, what, any ideas, like... I mean, I don't... Wait a second. I've got the best idea. Wonderful. So, what is it? So he, he pulls you even further away just to make sure that no one's watching. He looks around. Is anyone watching? No, but, but Kenneth is, like looking at his watch he's kind of like fanning himself he's he's shifting from foot to foot he just wants to end his shift and um his co-worker is also kind of you know just he's he's looking at kenneth he's not looking really at anything else all right here's what we're gonna do if they're changing guards that means that there's going to that this guy's got to go back in there, right? He's got to leave from the front of the gate, go into the gate, and then go back into the building, right? That has to happen because that's how gates work. Yes, generally speaking, yes, that is how gates work. Go on. And so either the guards are going to come from inside the building, or if they're private security, like Harlan said, they're going to come from outside the building up that mountain road we just came from. Yeah, that's right, right? Right. Right. Okay. So what are we going to do? What are we going to do, Anders? What are we going to do? So you're going to set up one of those cameras you've got. Like, I know you're probably hiding about 20 of them like you always do. You're going to set up one of those cameras you got along that road. 
and we're going to wait here for that car to show up. Then we're going to steal the car. Super easy. Put on, we, we, we knock uh, out the guards, steal the car, put on their uniforms, and drive right in. Easy. That's, yeah, that actually sounds like a viable plan. Yeah. What are we going to do with the guards we knock out? Are we just going to leave them somewhere away from here? I mean, we leave them. We're going to put them in the boot. What are we going to do? Yeah, you're, whatever that British thing you said is, we'll put them in there. <laughs> I, I always forget. I always forget myself. The the trunk. Right, right. That one. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll just put them in there. But, but what fine. if they wake up? Or are you going to are you going to sort that out and make sure that doesn't happen? I mean, I'm, just, I'm giving the time up. So even if they wake up, they won't be able to get out of the trunk. We have to lose the car anyway. And we have to change out of our clothes because I don't think that we can pretend to be guards. I'm not good at disguise. I don't know if you are. Maybe you are, but I'm not. So not really. I uh, didn't didn't go for that course. Yeah, I didn't either. It's a stupid course. It's kind of. Yeah, it, it's not my cup of tea. Um, OK, cool. And then from there, what from there, just kind of enter the cult. Yeah, then I don't know. He said something about integrations. So I guess we need to do that. Right. Okay, good. So what I need you to do, set up some cameras. Then we're going to wait out here. You got it. That's going to happen. So he he seems pretty happy with himself at this point. And so he's waiting for you to, I guess, set up the cameras and then tell him when the the cars or the the SUV or whatever that is carrying the guards is kind of coming up the mountain. All right. So uh, these cameras, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, I'm guessing we're kind of, They've become drones now, basically. Um, I'm sure you have some kind of way of sticking them to surfaces because you never really know where you're going to need to set them up. But I am going to ask you to do a knowledge roll of like, let's say eight to give yourself good coverage. Okay. So arranging these, arranging these uh, cameras, arranging these cameras in places that they might be useful. Right. So roll D10. Come on. There we go. All right. And what did and did you say it was a knowledge roll? Yeah, knowledge of eight. Okay. Uh, well, the D10 was eight and my spots are five. So. Oh, gosh. 13 versus eight. Oh, that's a critical hit. Yeah, no. Not only do you put the cameras in the right places, but you're going to know you, you've set them up at such an angle that you're going we're going to know the equivalent of like two fighting rounds ahead um, where, oh my gosh. <laughs> where they're going to be. So we're going to be, we're going to be on top of those guys well before they make it to the gate. So Anders is just sort of sitting around. He he's opened his bag. He, he opens his knife case. He's put one throwing knife, no, two throwing knives in his boot. And he's put one normal kind of regular knife sort of at his waist. And he's just sort of like waiting all right. So, so Anders, do you want me to just sort of hang back, or do you want me to act as a distraction? Like, we're going to do the Idaho shuffle. So you know how that works, right? The Idaho shuffle. Oh, it's you, 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 you are quite fond of these uh, operation nicknames or maneuver nicknames, and I, I just can't keep up. Remind me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the Idaho shuffle. So you were going to pretend like you, I don't know, broke down somewhere. 
and they're going to come over and they're going to look at you and be like, oh, look, it's someone who broke down in their car. And they're going to try to help you because people are dumb. And then I'm going to come by and then I'm going to do some stuff like I usually do. That's what's going to happen. Cool. Uh, that's, that's something I can work with. Cool. I just I want to make sure I'm not stepping on your toes and don't accidentally get stabbed because I'm stepping on your toes. So cool. OK, we're, we're in agreement then. All right. And all right. Shall I check those cameras? Yeah, yeah, check them. I mean, we need to figure it. The, All right, let me let me get my phone out. Let me let me just navigate to the app. No, no. Uh, okay. Sorry. Since they went to you know like the payment plan versus the free version, there's all these ads, and it's just oh my gosh. Anyways, all right. Do I need to roll for this to see if I can see anything for? Or does the no, roll you from got, before? You got, a, come- you, you got a really good roll on the last one. You're you're probably fine. You can see whatever you need to see. All right, so I'll kind of switch back into DM mode and s- say what they see. Yep. Cool. All right, so yeah, uh, a black kind of four by four is coming coming onto uh, one of the cameras. One of the cameras quite far away is like, yo, there's something, there's movement. And Caro sees and communicates to Anders. There's a black four by four. And, um, you know, this this car isn't speeding. It's kind of going at a leisurely pace. It's not panicked or... I'm making it sound like a scared animal. I, basically, it's not going such a speed that anyone suspects anything. It's going at a reasonable speed, and it will be there in a few minutes. Shall I? Shall I do the honors? Yep, I'll be behind you. I'm going to try to be stealthy. You know how, I, like, when I'm stealthy. All right, let's just take care of this in advance, so you can play out the rest of the scene. So, what do I have to roll for my stealth? That is a good question, my friend. <laughs> Let me think. I'm kind of tempted to go for something like Grace. Oh, that would have been my bet if I were picking one, but... Okay, cool. Okay, good. I, I just want to make sure I'm not completely off in a different book and reading from the same page. Okay, so I'm going to say Grace. And what kind of stealth? So what he's going to try to do is he's going to try to shadow you... Um, so he's mm. still pretty close. He doesn't want to be like really far away from you, but he's also going to yeah. kind of be moving slowly around the ground and using the fact that it's getting a little darker and using the fact that there's like a bunch of like hills and rocks to sort of keep himself out of sight. All right. I'm going to go for kind of a moderate. I'm going to go for seven. I'm going to keep it kind of reasonable. This might not be reasonable. We'll find out. <laughs> so yeah, going to go for DC of seven. I rolled a 15. Oh, oh, you, you're gone. As far as Karen's gone, <laughs> you're gone. Like she has no clue where you are. She is a, she's a little bit creeped out, but she doesn't say anything. She just plays her part. So she can see, she sees the vehicle coming. She flags it down. She's waving her arms and um, slowly, slowly, as though considering before stopping, the vehicle does eventually stop. One of the security comes out, oops, security guards, does step out from the passenger side you kind uh, of you know can you give me a quick favor how like yes. just broadly how is caro dressed like is she dressed casually is she dressed in like just broadly broadly she tends to kind of go for smart casual more than anything and in certain situations that makes her stand out so she tries and compensates for this by dressing quite plainly in terms of color palette so she's kind of she's you know uh, 
I'm trying to think because I know nothing of fashion. For this job, let's say she's got a you know plain hoodie, some dark trousers, and maybe too smart of a top, maybe slightly too smart of a top for what's going on, but that's what she felt most comfortable in. So maybe it's got some buttons, but not all the way down. Who knows? She doesn't look like threatening in any way. She she just looks like a normal person. No, no, she just looks like, yeah, she just looks like someone who was caught short from A to B. Cool. Just for the sake of how they react, can you give me a social of... It's the middle of the night. They're on their way to a job. Give me a social of eight. A social of eight. Oh, goodness. Okay. No pressure. Come on, Caro. You can do this. Uh, why? What? I, mm, okay. So, yeah. No, on the D10, I got a 10 again? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. This is, uh, and, um, sorry. What was the... It was an eight. Was I mean, like it's, a re- it's just a regular success, but but you you okay. still do a good job. So oh, however okay, you play cool. this out, they believe you is all is all I'm saying. So go for all it. All right, all right. So oh, it's like, a big hit. Never mind. So they believe you a lot. <laughs> oh, they believe me a lot. That's always comforting. All right. So yeah, she she you know gets in the middle of the road. She's waving her arms, you know, with plenty of time for the vehicle to stop. Like they see her in the distance for quite a quite a distance, and they do eventually stop. And one of the guys sort of pokes his head out of the passenger window and he's like, you're all right, love. And Caro explains, yes, no, I'm sorry. I've just broken down and I I need to be at a meeting in like the next hour. And and my car is just gone. Like, I'm terribly sorry to ask this of you, but can you you help? Can you have a look? I'm so sorry. But she's very apologetic and she's kind of, you know, she's playing up, you know, this kind of act. And the guy's like, the guy kind of looks at her, looks at his colleague and, he then basically, with minimal hesitation, opens the passenger door and steps out and closes the passenger door. But the driver is still in the vehicle. Okay, so is the driver's window down? Um, it's quite a whole bit rolled down. Okay. So Anders still has not made his move. Okay. All right. Shall I continue to play the scene out a bit more? Yeah, just keep playing. All right. So... The guy slowly walks over like he's, you know, at the back of his mind, he's thinking, I need to get to point B in maybe 10, 15 minutes just to make sure the changeover happens. But he's happy to help Caro. And he's like, all right, all right. So so what's 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 the problem? And Caro kind of obfuscates um, stupidity about cars, vehicles, anything with wheels for a bit. And she ums and ahs and hems and haws. And she goes, well, the thing is, and then there was all this smoke and I checked my tires and oh my gosh, like I'm so stressed out. Like, oh my gosh, like I need to be there in like the next hour and I'm not going to make it. And they're talking and they're talking and the guy's kind of, you know, like, well, you know, where's your car? Where's your car? And Carrie's like, oh. So positioning wise is the person next to the window is caro next to the window can the driver easily see the person where they are currently positioned yeah the driver like the driver is watching this all play out caro is in front of the vehicle like the, the, she's she's kind of facing towards the bonnet and the guy that's walked out of the passenger uh seat he's stepped out and he's walked he's gotten out the car and he's walked around to kind of meet with caro he's not walked too far from the car but he's, you know, it's a friendly conversation. He's trying to help a stranger. And um, 
yeah, he's he's somewhat near to the car, but he's not touching the car or anything. The the driver can still see because they've just stopped in the middle of the road, basically. So what Anders is doing right now is he's positioning himself in an area that's sort of behind the right wheel well, but still sort of off the road. And what he's going to attempt to do is he's going to attempt to throw one of his throwing knives, not to hit the, not to hit the passenger, but instead to bury itself into the, the vehicle next to the person you are talking to in an effort to essentially get them, draw their attention and get them sort of to, you know, leave the car and come after him. Okay. All right. Interesting. Okay. What skill would that be? So it's going to require precision. And I'm guessing that you have a pretty, Anders has a pretty good visual on his task. So, and he, he's very good at his job. So I'm tempted to go from, again, between grace and knowledge, but I'm thinking this is a bit more of a finesse style skill. So I would lean towards grace or we could... Typically when it comes to things like precision, like shooting a gun, throwing a knife, I I would lean towards grace. Knowledge is definitely more like driving a car or... Yeah. So. All right. Cool. Okay. DC, right. So you're behind the... Anders is behind the wheel. Yeah, so he's he's still in a distance. So it's not it's not a it's not an easy throw. I'm not saying it's impossible, but okay. it's definitely not like easy to pull this off. If they looked in the direction where Anders is throwing the weapon from, he's far enough away that they would have no idea where it came from. All right then. I'm going to say 10. DC okay. of 10. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Let's see. Ah, yes! <laughs> <laughs> Go um, on. I got a DC of 14. Ooh, ooh, let me just check what kind of success that is. Sorry. Uh, so I said 10, and it's above DC by a lot. All right, cool. The knife sort of sails beautifully and silently through the air, but makes contact with the vehicle you were aiming for, right? Mm-hmm. It makes contact with the vehicle, not harming any of the, you know, important inner workings of the vehicle, thankfully. But it there is there is definitely a great big shunk, a metallic shunk, and it draws the attention immediately of the guy, the passenger that stepped out of the vehicle. He turns around, he's really taken aback. And the driver, you you vaguely hear the driver go, bloody hell, what was that? And the driver actually gets out of the vehicle, he takes the keys out of the ignition, he gets out of the vehicle, he walks around the bonnet end to the passenger to see what the hell happened. And the passenger is like a little, he's quite, because he, he can see what the knife is and he's hes looking at the knife and he's, he's already going for his firearm and he's like, miss, please, please, behind me, please, miss. And um, they're, they're a little bit, they're a little bit shaken, so they're not, they're not super well coordinated. They're kind of, you know, bumbling around trying to figure out what what the hell has happened. Why is there a ceramic knife sticking out of their four by four? And they're kind of arguing, you know, what the hell was that? Where did it come from? So yeah. So then Anders kind of makes uh, kind of a <gasps> makes a really loud noise to to try to draw their attention and to 
to his old hiding place while at the same time essentially trying to sort of sneak around to where the driver's side of, of the car is. So he's kind of trying to draw them off okay. um, to get them to kind of run. Like he's like, okay, you guys. <laughs> um, I'm going to say that doesn't require a separate role because they're already super freaked out by the mysterious knife. And so they, so they know that something's out there and they're going to have to deal with it. So yeah, the the passenger he's he's telling Caro, please stay behind by the vehicle. We'll check this out. And the driver is also drawing his gun, and they have a conversation and they kind of work out what's how how this is going to go down. Um, the passenger proceeds first, uh, which is slightly not what they agreed initially, but the driver just has to kind of deal with it, and so. Slowly, the passenger advances to where the sound came from, with his firearm drawn. Um, and he kind of calls, you know, like, we don't want any trouble, what's, what, you know? So Anders is probably nowhere near them at that point, at least near the part where he made the sound. Um, he's trying to very, very quietly kind of make a big arc around to the driver's side of the vehicle so that they are still sort of like looking for him in the distance. Um, if he has to throw another knife to distract them, he will, but but the my personal preference would be not to. <laughs> I mean, you, you rolled pretty well for stealth and you rolled really, really well for that, like in terms of precision for that knife. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you need to make another roll personally. The driver is kind of lingering by the vehicle, but his back is turned to like three quarters of the vehicle. He is focused on the distance and the perceived threat in the distance. He's not really fo focused on Caro or the vehicle at this point, uh, but he does have his firearm drawn as well. He's trying to cover his partner. He doesn't notice Anders at all. He doesn't notice any kind of other presence nearby. So the, the scene as it is right now, the passenger is sort of where Anders used to be. Yeah. The, the driver is still by the passenger side of the SUV. He's trying to stay kind of close by because it doesn't seem like a good idea to stray too much, but he, he doesn't consider Caro a threat and he doesn't realize there's a threat nearby, uh, cool. near to the vehicle rather than his partner. And so there, and then there is Caro, who is sort of standing by that same thing. So Caro's kind of like... Caro's, she's gone to the vehicle and she's kind of, you know, trying to kind of see where Anders is and she's trying not to kind of put herself in harm's way because she, she doesn't know what Anders is going to do next. But she, her hands are kind of on the bonnet and she's by the vehicle and she's kind of like trying to make it obvious, yo, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go, what are we doing? I'm ready to go. Like, she's not saying anything, but she's trying to communicate that through body language. Oh, gosh. What to do? What to do? What to do? Um, so, do I know whether or not Caro is currently armed? I'm going to say because Anders and Caro have, we discussed previously, they'd worked together before in a few different jobs. So I wouldn't be surprised if at one incident or another that... Caro would have had to use or at least make reference to her firearm just for the sake of keeping her partner informed and also making sure that, you know, everyone's reading from the same page if combat needs to happen. Oh, okay. I know exactly what, what's going to happen then. 
So Anders, um, unless, uh, and tell me if I need to roll for this, Anders, after doing a bunch of like crawling on his stomach and like trying to get as stealthy as possible, essentially appears right behind Caro and is holding his ceramic knife to her throat. So, so he just sort of like turns up and by the time that he sort of makes himself known, I'm guessing that the other guard is still kind of looking where his partner is. By the time he makes himself known, he yeah. ha- he already has a knife to Kara's throat, and he sort of like squeezes her shoulder to to make her know that it's it's him. So that's what happened. Okay, I mean, Kara is still a bit spooked because, as far as she's concerned, like Anders just disappeared and now he's reappeared, and that's a little weird. But like she 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 kind of knows. All right, shoulder squeeze. I guess I guess I'll just have to kind of use this emotion and act it out and draw attention. Is that is that what the that is the intention? That is the intention now, to kind of draw. Uh, Anders, look. All right, guys, we've got to negotiate. And and he's it's, it's he's talking to you. He like basically he makes himself known mm. um, to the. All right, cool. All right, so so the passenger and the driver are very perturbed. They spin round. They've, they've still got their firearms hey, you, raised. No, no, no. You, you guys should stop moving. You got you over there. You, you, you over there. You just stay right where you are. Okay. They finally realize how dire the situation is. They see the knife. They finally are able to kind of process the situation. And like the driver is the first one to kind of raise his hands in a sign of yo yo. Like hey, let's let's not let's not. Like he raises his hands away. He kind of. And he he very slowly kind of go. He starts saying like, "I don't want any trouble. Like she, you don't need to do this." And he slowly kind of begins to put his gun down. The passenger isn't so sure though. The passenger is a bit like he's kind of going back and forth with himself. He he wants to do the same, but he's really not sure. He he's very wild-eyed. The driver is the most composed of the two. But the passenger is very wild-eyed and not sure. Hey, big guy, did you see where I put that knife um, earlier? You saw that, right? Like, you saw where I put that knife? He nods slowly and deliberately. Right, so I'm going to kill this person right here. Or we can do this another way. And and it'll be real easy and no one has to get hurt and everyone's going to be fine. What do you want to do? So... I, want, I, I could be really mean and make you roll social, but also, like, the threat is so apparent. And these guys are, you know, this is not their wheelhouse at all. So, yeah, I'm going to not make you roll uh, because your other rolls were so strong and you've positioned yourself so well. I'm not going to make you roll. And the passenger as well, he finally realizes the situation as well. And he also slowly puts his gun down and he's like, got his arms up and he's like, you don't have to do this. What do you want? I mean, this is going to be real easy, guys. Like, super easy. This is going to be the easiest thing you've ever done. All I'm going to do is I'm going to... With one hand, he reaches into his pocket and it's these sort of like... Not quite zip ties, a little bit fancier than that, but they're very clearly flex cuffs that it, that he has. With one hand, he tosses it to the passenger. Just put those on, and then we'll keep talking. But first, put those on. And he's kind of dragging Carol along um, until he's within range to sort of lob another flex cuff to the guy in the passenger's. Carol is fake struggling and kind of like doing her best impression of someone quite distressed. She's like, oh, oh my god, oh no, ah. Like, she's not wonderful at it, but it, I, it's actually, what he'll do. 
I'm actually going to make you do a social of seven for that, just so we Damn, can... Damn, okay, sure. fair enough. <laughs> yeah, just so we can make... I mean, like, it, like it's very clear that this situation is pretty pretty bad, but, like, she's been kind of caught unawares because she didn't know what the Idaho shuffle was. <laughs> so, so do the, just give, me, <laughs> give me a roll to just make sure. Alright, so D10. Oh, crumbs. So I rolled a one. <laughs> Awesome. And my so, social is five. My social is six. five. Okay, that's not that uh, bad. It's a near hit. It doesn't it doesn't succeed as expected, but something useful might come of it. Now I need to think about what that might be. Uh <laughs> um should, should I I'm trying to I'm just trying to look at the resolving situation thing. Sorry. I've forgotten how to read documents. So, yeah, the driver is kind of... The driver is still, like, on board. He still totally believes us. The passenger is a bit, like, something gnaws at the back of his mind, but he's not going to argue with the man who has a knife to what he is pretty sure is an innocent bystander, but there is a seed of doubt. Like, maybe she's just really, really shocked, but she's he's not... He's a little bit weirded out, like something is not right about how she's reacting to the situation. He can't put his finger on it. He's he's doubting himself, he's second guessing himself, but like, shouldn't she be more distressed? Like he doesn't, he's he's kind of, he's having this internal dialogue, but he's still, he still, he looks at the, um, the zip ties and he collects those slowly because he's still kind of mulling over this point. He has the zip ties and like, He's hesitating putting them on. Has the driver put the zip ties on? Oh yeah, the driver's put them on. He he is still on board. He's still very much kind of like, crap, uh, I don't want anyone to die. <laughs> How close am I to the gun that he put down earlier? I didn't say that they kicked them away, so I'm gonna just say that they kind of... They'd moved a distance away from the car, and you'd kind of come around, and you were in throwing distance of the. So, if you were quick, I suppose. Before I try that. All right. This is taking too long. Why don't you kids get those cuffs on, so we can get this over with? All right. So. The passenger, he doesn't feel good about it, but he can't see any other way that this could go well. And he he also would quite like no one to die in this situation, so he does sort of begrudgingly put the ties on. Okay. Fantastic. And so he, he lets go of Caro, and he just sort of like nods to her. Alright, help me take their jackets off. And, <laughs> and he goes over... Uh, we could have done this there. before they had the ties on. <laughs> now they're tied up, so we don't have to kill him. I thought you'd be happy. Yes, I know. It can't it can't be perfect all the time. And like at this moment, the passenger is looking so betrayed right now. He's kind of internally kicking himself. But yes, uh, Kara's like Kara. Kara helps. Kara assists as best he can, as best she can, and she does kind of apologize quietly so Anders can't hear to the driver and passenger. Anders is busy picking up the guns. He looks over to Kara. Uh, do you want one of these? Caro kind of considers this for a second and like reflect reflexively she kind of 
pats her side almost kind of thing. Like oh. it's, it's it's a very like small gesture. It's a very small gesture, and then she kind of goes, eh, "No, nah, I'm all right. Don't worry about it." Cool, cool. And so Anders sort of like chucks the guns out <laughs> into the distance, and he he takes the security guards one of their jackets, the one, the driver's jacket, and he kind of like drapes it over his shoulder. He he doesn't bother with like the pants, but he like unbuttons the shirt or whatever. So and then he like tries to fit his way into the the shirt as well. Just hoping for the best. It's like, man, I wish they had a female guard. That's going to look really funny on you. Thanks, Anders. Thanks for the vote of confidence. And <laughs> Like, Caro is not loving this. Caro is not loving this. <laughs> Anders sort of pats the, guy, the driver down, and he, like, takes the keys from his pocket, and he heads mm. over to the driver's side. He's like, there were a lot of ways this could have gone, guys. This is probably for the best. You're still alive. No one got stabbed. She's happy because I didn't kill anybody. Everyone's happy. I am very happy. <laughs> and he he also looks for. Are they carrying any kind of phone or any other sort of like communication device? Yeah, no, they would. Ha- they would both have a phone, um, and they would, you know, they would have that on their person anyway. And maybe one of them has like a walkie-talkie type deal as well. The the walkie-talkie isn't on or anything. It's it's like it's on, but it's not like actively communicating or anything. But it is on their person. Do they have like a badge or an ID or anything like that? Yeah, they would have. Each individual would have ID. It's not um, photo ID, but it is kind of like employee number and date of employment, what they do, their job role, that kind of thing. So he he takes he takes the ID, he takes the phones, he smashes the phones, he takes the walkie-talkie, he keeps the walkie-talkie, and he hands Kara one of the IDs. Awesome. Caro looks at it and kind of goes, she kind of, you know, pulls a face at the name, but she she just tucks it into her borrowed pocket and, um, yeah. So what's going to happen is that you two are going to stay here for a while and then eventually someone's going to find you and <laughs> you don't really know our names or who we are and it's kind of dark, so you probably can't describe us. So everything's going to be great. Like, look at that. Everything's good. And so, and, Probably. Then, Anders, and then Anders was like, is this okay with you guys? Because I don't want to do anything that's going to make you uncomfortable. I know this has been a bad situation for everyone involved. Like, Caro is just cringing at this because this is, this is a little bit, she's not used to this. She's not used to, she's not used to Anders asking. It's like, are you okay? Are you guys okay? Are you guys comfortable? Like, She's not used to that. <laughs> and it is like he's he's been he's been thinking about about like life. <laughs> um, and he's like, eh, whatever. And then he he just goes into the, the driver's side. Are you coming? Yes. Yes, I am. Just a second. Let me just button this up. Should I button it up all the way? Should I Yeah, I'll button it up all the way. Alright, okay, okay. How does my hair look? How does my hair look? It looks I'll good. just tie it up. I'll just tie it up. Okay, cool. Alright, okay good all right we got this we got this all right and she finally you know she's she's done mentally psyching herself up and she hops into the passenger seat and again she kind of before she does she she looks at the guards one more time with a kind of she doesn't say anything but in her face she tries to convey sorry that was a pretty good idaho shuffle by the way he's closes yeah. the door behind he slips the, the <laughs> keys in 
and he first he drives over to where where the bag was and then he kind of basically he just puts all the bags in so now we can be in the car yeah and i was like yeah that was a pretty good idaho shuffle back there if you say so uh no one died so i'm inclined to take your word for it yeah i guess that's true and so he he just drives slowly up to the gate <laughs> he pulls he, he like opens the the door um just oh not the door he like rolls down the window just a little bit and he holds the like id card out from the door and he and he's like looking kind of he doesn't show his full face he's showing like his eyes to to the guard okay i think it might be time for a roll i'm gonna estimate that this little idaho shuffle did take a bit longer than 30 minutes so the guard Mm -hmm. is different so you've got that on your side so you're not you're not talking to Ken. He doesn't have a clue who you are. He wouldn't recognize you ev- even if you failed because it's not Ken. It's someone different. And this guy, he has just started his shift though, so he's a bit more alert. So I am cu- I am inclined for you to make a roll with your ID. And I'm trying to figure. Yeah, I'm afraid it's gonna it's gonna have to be social because you're having to blag your way in. So I'm gonna have to ask you to. Do I have uh, Do I have an advantage? because of the fact that I am in a guard's uniform and am using a, a guard's ID. Let's say you do. Go on, then. Okay. Go on, then. Let's say you do. I'm not quite sure how advantage works in this game yet, but let's say you so, do. <laughs> so advantage would be something that I could add to my modifier between one and three. So one would be like a very small advantage, like I have higher ground or something like that. Two would be pretty significant advantage, something like I'm doing a surprise attack from the darkness or something like that. Yeah. Three would be a very significant advantage, something that tilts the scale in my favor significantly. So that, uh, yeah, and and over three is like, there are almost no over three advantages. So it's a social role. And if I have advantage, tell me what my advantage would be. And what the okay, is. I'm going to say that because you're walking the walk, so I'm going to say you do have at least plus one advantage. But um, within the security firm, if they're paying attention, they're going to notice someone who's not who they were expecting. And if they don't know all of their colleagues' names in the security firm, they'll at least kind of know them on like a face basis. They'll, they'll have, you know, maybe have a friendly nod in the corridor or something kind of thing. Yeah, so I'm going to say plus one instead of plus two because there is a chance that Mm -hmm. they would have an idea of who's who. So, but I'm going to make you roll social with plus one advantage. So what difficulty am I going to give this? I'm going to go for a 10 again because there is a chance they would recognize. I'm so sorry if this oh, goes badly. <laughs> oh no, no. This is this is the the joy of the game. Let's see what I get. <laughs> oh goody. What what happened? What did you say it was? I said it was ten difficult. Oh god, I got a five. So that is a critical failure. Oh really? Oh dear. Yeah. All right. So the person you're you're flashing your card to is I'm I'm just looking at the NPC names. Let's say she's Sunday Grant, and she takes one look at that ID, looks at you, looks back at the name on the ID, 
and goes, hang on, you're not Manny. Who are you? I've never seen you before in my life. You know, her voice is gradually rising, gradually getting like louder and louder. And she's, you know, she's starting to kind of, you know, the panic is starting to set in because she she does not recognize you and she feels strongly she should. He looks over. You are wearing the uniform. Oh, yeah, uh, that is very easy for me to explain. We are new, and Manny was kind enough to let us borrow a couple of IDs because we forgot them back at the agency. That is exactly what happened. All right, I'm going to make you roll again, because <laughs> I feel mean. I'm going to make you roll social again. Without advantage, because yep. you've already failed yep. once. Sure did. Uh, maybe that's harsh in some people's no. opinions, but um, no, exactly I'm going to say, did. yeah, roll social, and I'm going to say again, Levin this time, because yep. she's yep. already on to you. <laughs> that sounds right to me. Okay, okay, I rolled a nine this time, so... so okay, that's-, that's not that's not bad, right? I mean, like, it's... It's bad, but it's not it's not very bad. So it's not as bad as that last roll was. <laughs> that last roll was uh, really fa- bad. Yeah, so yeah. it's just a flat failure. Like she's not buying yeah, it, I guess. Okay. Sunday is like, no, no, that is completely against protocol, and Manny wouldn't do that. Who the hell are you? I I I I'm getting my I'm getting my she, she's you know pulling out like you know, she's kind of tightening her grip on her firearm, but she's pulling out her phone and she's like, you know, calling for backup. And, you know, she's kind of, she's like, nope, not having this today. He I mean, looks the gate's over, still closed. He, uh, how many guards can, well, I guess, I guess I can only see one through that because I'm only looking through a sliver of a window. He looks over to Caro and he's like, this is going to go real bad real soon. Caro is just deer in the headlights and she's very unhappy. <laughs> I, I am tempted for her to kind of jump in a bit and it's maybe reason- try and... It's reasonable for her to... Um, yeah. Yeah, this is a situation where things have gone very bad and the reality of the situation is she would obviously try to save this at this point, so it is reasonable for her to jump in without... Okay. All right, so Caro, like... You know, very suddenly leans over Anders and tries to kind of sort of slowly push him out of the conversation. But they're in a car, so it's incredibly awkward and uncomfortable for everyone involved. And she she goes, oh, I'm terribly sorry. Like, he's new and like there was a printing error and like the higher ups just said, use that anyway. It'll be fine. And I, and I am, I'm so sorry. And she flashes her ID instead. So give me a social of 12. Social of 12. Oh, God. With a disadvantage of one. A disadvantage of one. Oh, a disadvantage of one. Uh, A disadvantage of one. Yeah, disadvantage of one. (sighs) Roll. It's not good news. It's not good news. Oh, no. So I rolled a two. (laughs) My social of five is not salvaging that. That is... That's awful. Oh, we might die before we even get in the place. <laughs> Anders, Anders sees the look in in the guard's eyes and sees her about to start calling for backup. So like, and he 
pushes the door as hard as he can to try to like knock her off her feet. Um, we're gonna have to roll roll initiative. A fight's starting. Oh, okay. Uh, 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 okay. Uh, um, I've, so I've never, I've... Roll a flat one d ten. A flat one d ten. Um, okay. I got a seven. And I got a nine, so I go first. So here's how fights work. In a fight, you have four different actions you can take. You can either attack, you can try to talk, you can try to seek advantage, or you can try to run. An attack is exactly what it sounds like. You use strength or grace to try to hit your opponent. If you successfully hit the opponent, the opponent takes damage. If you do not hit the opponent, if you miss your DC, you take damage from their weapon. So the question is, what weapon is she carrying? For the, for the sake of expediency, let's say it's either a rifle or a pistol, which is she carrying? Yeah, she's going to carry a pistol because she's on the ground. And cool. yeah. So in an attack situation, if we succeed, we do damage. If we fail, um, we take the damage from the weapon. Alternatively, we can use talk, where we would use a social or knowledge to try to talk our way out of the situation, which is still possible okay. in combat. Um, oh, success gosh. could mean a variety of different things determined by the circumstance. But failure could also mean they just attack, or we're at a disadvantage because we're not focused on defending ourselves. Mm. Seek advantage. Depending on the circumstance, we can look for cover, we can try to find some way of like putting this fight in our favor. If we succeed at whatever the stat roll for that is, we get a positive modifier. If we fail, it can lead to either injury or negative modifier. And running is a grace roll, and we can try to run away. This could take multiple turns to do, and if we succeed, we're one step closer to escape. If we fail, that could lead to an injury because they attack us. Um, so, sorry, I just I just wanted to jump in with some real world world boring things. It's twelve past midnight where I am. Okay. Um in that So I didn't know if you wanted to kind of pause it and then come back to the fight or Yeah. What you want no, to do. That is probably what we need to do in that case because it would take sorry. Oh, you're fine. Um it would take a little while to resolve this no matter what. Alright. Um it looks like we have finish this sort of first session we our heroes find themselves in um a spot of bother yeah our straits are a lot more dire than they should <laughs> be this early oh. in the game um, i knew it was too good to be true when i was getting all of those tens i was like this is going to go terribly wrong very quickly later on so we are at the front gate to the messengers of the one mind cult and there is a guard who's not very happy with us right now. Oh, no. And Sunday Grant is not happy at all. <laughs> not even a little bit. And we have otherwise um, accomplished very little. Um, and we, the next time we pick up, we will see how this fight resolves and we will do other important, interesting things. And hopefully we'll be able to get into that cult by next time. Um, I'm sure I, I will. I, I'm feeling pretty hopeful. I'm feeling pretty hopeful. <laughs> I will record some kind of tale a little later, but for now, it, this has been Steve Spalding, and that is... Who are you? I am Jess Kinghorn. That's me. That's my name. Um, and I'm going to hit the button now, and...
So that was the first episode of Risk Management. Thanks for joining us, by the way. Come back next time, next week, in a couple of weeks, to see whether Caro and Anders die. Yeah, that's probably the long and short of it. Let's see if our characters die in the second session of the game. All right, take care of yourselves, and I hope you join us again soon.